Hello, hello, and welcome to week two of the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball. Over the next 15 to 20 minutes, we're going to line it up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. Well, after week one's top 10 matchup, which saw Florida State uh, dominate in the second half against LSU, we'll see Florida State in their home opener against the Golden Eagles a Southern Miss. And to help us to get to know the Eagles better, uh, we are joined by the man for AAC, MAC, the MAC, I'm sorry, Conference USA, everything when it comes to that. He is Steve Helwick of the Underdog Dynasty. Steve, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Week one of college football definitely delivered. Really exciting to have all those games back. And I always like week two because you get to see teams for the second time, get to know a little more about them. So week two is always one of my favorites times of the year. Yeah, you never know in week one what you're going to get. And then week two, you really kind of start to see the uh, the true team come through. So, uh, well, let's jump right into it, Steve. Again, so appreciative of you jumping on here uh, and talking about Southern Miss with us. And so um, we'll really talk about what the Seminole fans can expect Saturday night. Uh, head coach Will Hall of the Golden Eagles, This is uh, he's been there since 2021. Uh, started out three and nine in his first season, but had a huge jump in season two, uh, getting the Eagles up to seven and six and a bowl win, I think over Rice is what I read. Uh, what does Hall bring to the program at Southern Miss that has really helped this early success with the Eagles? He's really a good, energetic coach, and what he wanted to bring back was kind of Southern Miss's old reputation. He always says that he wants to be the best group of five team in America, and Southern Miss used to have a reputation back in the 90s and all of that of upsetting big-name opponents, and he's trying to bring that reputation back to the Rock, uh, the Rock where they play. It was a great atmosphere. It was an FCS opponent on Saturday, and they still packed that house with 30,000 there. So I think Southern Miss has definitely been trending in the right direction. He took over a team that really struggled in the 2020 pandemic season. Southern Miss had three different head coaches in that season alone, uh, just a weird season in general. But Hall's brought stability to the program. Year one was kind of a trying time, but year two got in place beat a Tulane team, which finished the season in the top 10 right after Tulane beat Kansas State. So huge road win last year at Yulman Stadium. Otherwise, other than that game, he really beat the teams he was supposed to beat and lost to some of the superior opponents that he faced, like Liberty and Coastal Carolina and whatnot. But he finished 7-6, and six, got a bull win that that team had been looking for for a while. And now he's leveraging all that into a new season. And I think that Southern Miss, I think they're – uh, the Sun Belt's pretty wide open this year, and I think that they're one of the contenders in the conference. Yeah, and even in those losses last year, when I was checking it out for the interview, they were close losses against those good mm -hmm. teams. So uh, definitely has the program going in the right direction, and I think he's really picked up some good pieces, and that's where we'll go next. Uh, at quarterback uh, for Southern Miss, his first-year starter, former Clemson walk-on Billy Wiles, uh, his debut threw for three touchdowns against Alcorn State, uh, and Coach Hall was quoted, I, I don't know if I have it exactly right, but saying that with Wiles at quarterback, it allowed them to have some fun on offense as they were allowed to uh, do a lot more multiple looks than it sounds like they've done in the past. Uh, it's early, but is Wiles probably the best quarterback Hall has had uh, in his short time at Southern Miss? Sure. Southern Miss really hasn't had good quarterback play in the last few years. Last year, they rotated between four quarterbacks. None of them had a 60% completion percentage. Uh, uh, Zach Wilkie, who, who was their main guy, had a 9-to-9 touchdown-interception ratio on the season. 
And there were times where Southern Miss literally didn't have a quarterback and Frank Gore Jr. would be the one having to play that position, which he threw 14 passes last year as a running back. So they ran a lot of wildcat with him last year. But getting Billy Wiles and also Holman Edwards from Houston in the transfer portal, getting those transfers was pertinent to the team this offseason because a lot of times last year it felt like Southern Miss was a quarterback away from getting wins in those close losses. And that's what can swing them into Sunbelt contention status. Billy Wiles, he had a solid debut. It wasn't too much risky throwing from him, but he delivered. He had 21 of 28 on the day, had 267 yards and a trio of touchdowns, had one interception too, but it was a pretty good game, averaging almost 10 yards per completion. Now it's FCS competition. This is the only substantial time we've seen him play since transferring from Clemson, where he didn't really get much playing time. So there's still a lot to observe with him, and he's going to get a real test against this Florida State defense, which made things kind of ugly for Jaden Daniels at some time Sunday night. Yeah, I, I was reading about, uh, you said Holman Edwards, right, transferred mm-hmm. from Houston, and and I think a lot of people were surprised that Wiles uh, got the nod over him eventually because Edwards is who they expected. But like you said, just having that competition uh, really raises the quarterback room, so uh, definitely be a tough competition on Sat or tough situation on Saturday. Um, jumping over to the wide receivers, Jason Brownlee, last year's wide receiver, top wide receivers gone, picked up by the Jets, I believe, as an un- undrafted free agent. Uh, so now it's J- Jacarius Caston as the next man up. Had a great game against Alcorn State, over 100 yards, average 20 yards per catch on that. Um, is is Caston the main guy for the receivers uh, or? or are there other names in this receiving core that, that Florida State fans should be familiar with? I think Jacarius Caston is the main guy. And now with a strong foundation of quarterback play, Southern Miss can finally get a 1,000-yard receiver. Brownlee was pretty good last year, but I think the lack of having a reliable passing game really limited Southern Miss and what the receivers were capable of doing. But I think that Caston this year is – could become Southern Miss first wide receiver since Quez Watkins, who's a member of the Philadelphia Eagles did in 2019. So I think that Caston's going to be the main guy. You saw him early last game, slipped a tackle on that first possession, got Southern Miss an early touchdown in that game, had over a hundred yards receiving. He, he has a lot of tools in his bag. He's pretty fast and slippery receiver, but I think they have a couple other options. Latrell Jones is someone who I've looked at. He had three catches for 68 yards last week. And then another one is Ty Mims. Ty Mims was one of the supporting cast receivers last year with almost 400 yards receiving. And the thing about Southern Miss receivers is they've always had pretty good receiving averages, but I don't feel like it's a team that targets a deep ball a lot. I feel like they're a team that gets a lot of receiver screens and good blocking on those receiver screens, which they're able to turn into significant gains like we saw with Caston's score last week. So I think that you'll see... Southern Miss run a lot of receiver screens to these guys and try to get some yardage. But problem is Florida State is a super fast sideline to sideline defense. So some of those may be hard to come by on this defense. And Will Hall's acknowledge that. He said that they, they played Alabama two years ago in 2021, didn't have a pretty result there. But he thinks that this Florida State team in his weekly press conference said it is as good, if not better than that 2021 Alabama team he faced. He's very impressed with what Florida State brings to all elements of the field. You know, it's interesting you talk about their passing attack, because I think we saw last year a lot, uh, and not so much the first game, but uh, defensive coordinator Adam Fuller would, would often give that big cushion between his defensive backs and wide receivers. It'll be interesting if Southern Miss chooses to attack that, if 
if that'll uh, cause Florida State to react and, and start to press more in coverage. But we'll see what happens there. Um, real quick on the offensive line, I don't have a lot of details there. I, I was just reading through those guys over these last few days. But it does look like it's a group that's mixing a lot of experience with with players like Matt Riles and John Bolding with some inexperience, with some true freshmen even in the rotation. Uh, how can or how will this group, in your opinion, hold up on Saturday? To be honest, I don't think it's going to hold up very well. They allowed four sacks to an FCS team in their first game, and that's never a promising sign. Uh, conversely, they didn't dominate the trenches either on the other side, getting zero sacks on Alcorn State. So the amount of pressure that Alcorn State was able to put on Southern Miss makes me pretty concerned for Southern Miss on Saturday, especially when you're going up against Jared Verse, one of the best pass rushers in the country. You have Kalen Deloach, another guy who's shown capabilities of getting to the quarterback. So I think that Florida State's really going to dominate in the trenches. And that's also a problem with Southern Miss because they're a very – run-heavy team. I know Frank Gore Jr. kind of got a rest in that first game because Alcorn, they were going to beat Alcorn State. They could experiment, have a little more fun with the offense, try to break Billy Wiles. And Frank Gore Jr. is the backbone of the team. So the offensive line really needs to pave some good pathways for him because if they can't get Frank Gore Jr. going in the run game, it's going to be a long day for the Golden Eagles. Uh, let, let's talk about Gore. Uh, I mean, the fans should know Frank Gore Jr.'s name out of all of them. That is the son of, yes, that Frank Gore. Uh, last year had over 1,300 yards. Like you said, played some Wildcat, threw some passes. Uh, this this guy's special. Uh, what is it about Gore that makes him stand out on this Southern Miss team? He has so much stamina. Like, he feels like the same player in the first quarter as the fourth quarter. We saw that when he set a bowl record rushing performance last year in the Lending Tree Pool against Rice, getting 329 yards on 16 yards per carry and two touchdowns in that bowl one. Frank Gore Jr., he's not exactly the fastest guy, just like his dad wasn't all the fastest running back, but he's a great tackle breaker. He shows just great vision and awareness on the field, which translates to his game when he's playing quarterback out of the Wildcat spot, too. And he's really good at finding a lane and just uh, going through it. And I think that Frank Gore Jr., I think he's a future NFL back. I don't know what round he'd be selected in. But given that pedigree that he has in his family and what he's been able to accomplish at Southern Miss, I think I think Frank Gore Jr. is definitely the real deal. Now, how is he going to hold up behind this offensive line going against Jared Verse, Tatum Bethune, who we saw suplex, suplex slam Jaden Daniels last week in this talented defense. I don't know how Frank Gore Jr. is going to handle this opponent because it's definitely a challenging one. I know against Alabama in 2021, he only had nine carries for seven yards. So these teams can be very challenging, but that doesn't take away for what Frank Gore Jr. is really able to accomplish when he's on when he's playing Sunbelt opponents on a weekly basis or when he's in bowl season, Florida state's just something else right now that I'm not sure how well Southern Miss is going to be able to establish a running game. But if they can, that is definitely a good sign for the offensive line and Gore jr. Yeah. I'm excited about seeing Gore. I do wish he had a little bit better offensive line or we were seeing him line up against uh opponent more, you know, kind of on that level because I do think he is special. And I do think he is somebody that can play in the league, like you said. Um, let's jump over to defense. You kind of hinted at it when we were talking about the offensive line. Uh, last year, defense was one of the best when it came to getting into the back backfield. Had over 100 tackles for loss. Uh, but they've lost uh, Dominique Kliwan, 
Uh, and then Avery Habas is out with uh, a heart procedure, unfortunately. So I uh, really hate to see that for for that young man. But uh, can the nasty bunch, as they call themselves, still generate uh, the necessary pressure this year? And if so, uh, who's going to step in to fill that void? What's interesting is if you look at the first game, it was kind of the opposite of what we became used to Southern Miss last year. Southern Miss last year was a very good run defense. They were penetrating the backfield not as good as a passing defense, but in their opening game this year, we kind of saw the opposite transpire. Last year, they only allowed 3.7 yards per carry, but Alcorn State, an FCS team, was able to get 6.3 yards per carry and 182 yards in that game, which Southern Miss, yet a short sample size, ranks 108th in the country and run defense. So they do need people to replace those names that you mentioned in the front seven. And I think that Jaleel Clemens and Swayze Bowman, some of the outside linebackers are going to really need to step up both as run stoppers and as pass rushers. Uh, Bozeman is a guy who's been with the program for a long time. He's been a key contributor ever since the 2019 season. He's going to be someone who really needs to step up and Avery Hobbes' absence this year is one of the premier run stoppers and pass rushers on the team, but they really need to fix that run defense. Conversely, the pass defense was as good as it could have been against Alcorn State. They allowed zero first half passing yards. They got two interceptions. Right now they're fourth in the country, just allowing 44 to Alcorn State. So I'm very excited on the direction of this pass defense. They got some transfers leading in the secondary, got Jay Stanley back. And I think that Southern Miss can really build something special on the back end this year. It's a matter of, can they repeat what they did last year on the front end? Can they reload in that unit? Zero pass yards in one half. That's hard to, it's hard to uh, do better than that. Uh, you mentioned him, Jay Stanley, two picks in that first game after having five last year. Uh, guy that's a leading tackler, kind of the leader of that defense, Mr. Do-Everything. Uh, he's a ball hawk. But outside of Stanley, you mentioned there's some other transfers. Can this secondary hold up against uh, the Florida State receivers, which were impressive against LSU? Yeah, Stanley is just, he's the head of the snake. And Jay Stanley, he had two interceptions. And if you watch those interceptions, those weren't deflected balls that went straight into his hands or being in an opportune position. He fought for those interceptions. Those were spectacular diving grabs where his body ended up on the ground at the end of the play where it was just acrobatic snags and that's the thing with Stanley is you never know where it's safe to throw because he can always just make a spectacular play on the ball that's why he had five interceptions last year that's why he was all sunbelt and he's everywhere I mean he's a great tackler too so he's going to be big in zone coverage this week but for going on the cornerbacks they're starting two transfer cornerbacks this year MJ Daniels was one of the ones that get, they got. He played a little bit at Ole Miss, played pretty sparingly for the Rebels last year, and then Quest McNeil's the other one. MJ Daniels, he's 6'2", 6'3", type cornerback, which is going to be useful for Florida State's super tall receivers. You got Johnny Wilson, who's 6'7". You got Kevin Herter. I'm not, I, I, not Kevin Herter. Uh, my thing about Johnny Wilson, I was going to say, is he's Kevin Herter's height which is kind of weird because he looks super tall on a football field. But if you just throw him in the NBA, he's just like an average shooting guard, small forward. So I've been calling him <laughs> Kevin Herter all week <laughs> for that reason. But uh, yeah, Wilson's an incredible talent. He's a great uh, blocker downfield as well. We saw some of that on, I think it was Lawrence Toafili's fourth down conversion. And also there's Keon Coleman, 6'4". So you're going to need big cornerbacks to guard them. I think MJ Daniels is really useful for that at 6'2", 6'3". Their other starting cornerback is Quest McNeil, who's 5'10". But this was a 
this was a good cornerback group in week one. They showed a lot against Alcorn State, but this is a whole different animal you're facing with Florida State. I mean, outside of Washington and maybe Ohio State, this might be the best receiving core in the country. With We saw what Keon Coleman did in the game one. Johnny Wilson, he had a few drops, but otherwise – Johnny Wilson has been an incredible downfield threat. We saw him last year basically help win the cheese up bowl toward the end of the game. So Florida State's receivers are going to be a very tough task for this defensive back crew, even though I think it's vastly improved over Southern Miss's uh, secondary from the prior year. All right, Steve, final thoughts. Uh, what's going to happen on Saturday night? I know everybody likes to point back to 80, I think 89 with Brett Favre and that Southern Miss magic, but uh, can the magic show back up Saturday night? I'm going to say no, and it won't even be as close as the, what was it, the Independence Bowl in 2017, I think it was, where it was 42 to 13. I think it's going to be even a little more separated than that Independence Bowl that we saw between Florida State and Southern Miss. Florida State was a team that I had preseason in my college football playoff. I was at that cheese Bowl last year. I saw what this team was capable of, what they returned. Jordan Travis is just a remarkable story of somebody. I mean, sometimes we see so many of these Heisman candidates, these Bryce Youngs or even Johnny Manziel's. These guys just, it, it clicks with them right away. But we saw Jordan Travis go through the struggles of the 2020 season and all of that. And to get to where he is now is a Heisman candidate, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. It's really cool to see that development. So I think that Travis can take this offense and I think he can – do whatever he wants, basically, on Saturday. Southern Miss, I mean, they showed good signs on defense in the opener, but Florida State's just a different animal this year. I mean, they're stacked in the running game. They have three good running backs that they rotate in. As earlier I said, as talented as a receiving core as possible. And then they got a great tight end from South Carolina, Jaheim Bell. They're going to score over 50 points, I think, on Southern Miss. I think it's going to be a final score like 52 to 10 this week is how I see this one coming. And Southern Miss is not... They're, they're going to have their struggles, especially in the trenches. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams that are kind of swinging up a weight class in week one. What was the biggest problem is they couldn't establish the run. So for Southern Miss being a team that's very uh, predicated on the run game, if they can't establish that, it's going to be a long day for Billy Wiles, who's going to have to be in a constant third and long situations and forcing downfield throws to a Florida State defense which I know they allowed a lot of passing yards last week but I still think that it's a pretty good defense and I think they have a lot of talent in that secondary as well well Steve thank you for your thoughts thanks for jumping on with us today uh, I always like to have a little fun with our guests before we go so I like to do a choose your own adventure type question so we give you three categories you let me know which category you want to question from so uh, you mentioned a suplex so uh, do you want a professional wrestling question do you want uh TV shows and streaming, or uh, do you want to do Star Wars? Hmm, I'll. <laughs> I'm not sure with that one. I'll do. I'll just say TV shows and streaming. All right. So, Steve, what are you watching? What's uh, What's good for Steve Hellick? Okay. Well, I'm watching college football. <laughs> I'm watching yeah. all 133 <laughs> teams, but I haven't been too much of a gotten into too many shows there's two that i found that i really liked was one was euphoria which i watched in 2022 
in January when that was really big. And another show I really like is Dave, the one with Lil Dicky, the rapper. I thought that's really creative writing, a really interesting show with a lot of plot twists and good writing. So those were probably the two shows that I've really watched full seasons of in my entire life. Well, I, I know it's going to be hard for you covering everything that you you cover. When I was uh, looking you up on, on Twitter, uh, your your bio was just like, pick a conference that's in the group of five and, and Steve covers it. So Steve, take a minute, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can see your work and how they can get to know you a little bit better. Well, you can usually find me at a football stadium on weekends. I was at I was at four games in an eight-day span, week zero, Ohio, San Diego State. And last week I did three games and three nights. I did UCF Kent State, Miami versus Miami. And then I went back to Texas for UTSA Houston. So you'll find my work on SB Nation's platforms, Underdog Dynasty and Hustle Belt and at S underscore Hellwick on Twitter. Should be easy to find. And I always talk all 133 teams, watch as much football as possible and just love breaking down the sport. Well, Steve, you sound like the busiest man alive. So thank you so much for carving out some time for us. I know, I think you said you have like four other podcasts to do today. So thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, and, and we look forward to the matchup on, on Saturday. And, and maybe, who knows, we'll catch up next season or another season here soon uh, when Florida State plays somebody else from one of these conferences. But Steve, thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. Well, for Steve Helwick, my name's Tim Allenball. This has been... The Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. We'll see what happens this Saturday, but until next time, let's keep climbing.